Section 18 of the Science History of the Universe, Volume 8. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Science History of the Universe, Volume 8. Edited by Francis Rottweiler. Foundations of Mathematics, Part 4. The straight line has been introduced as a whole, as an orderless class. Pieri endows it with order, thus giving it to the character of a series of points, as follows. Given A, B, C, three collinear points, let Y be any other point of the line, and Z the harmonic conjugate of Y with respect to A and C. Let X be the harmonic conjugate of B with respect to Y and Z. By taking a new Y, and hence a new Z, a new X is obtained. The class of X's thus obtainable is named segment A, B, C. It is shown that B belongs to the segment, that its extremities A and C do not, and that the segment A, B, C is the same as the segment C, B, A. The segment has the property, if A, B, C, D be four points of a straight line, and if A prime, B prime, C prime, D prime be four points so situated on another straight line, that the lines A, A prime, B, B prime, C, C prime, D, D prime have a point in common, then D prime belongs to the segment A prime, B prime, C prime, when and only when D belongs to the segment A, B, C. If D does not belong to the segment A, B, C, and is distinct from A and C, then, the four points being collinear, the points A and C are said to separate the points B and D. It is proved that the relation of separation is symmetric, that is, that the points A and C are also separated by B and D. Furthermore, that the statement is valid if in it we exchange the points of either couple. The ordering of the points of a line is then completed by means of the postulates 15, 16, and 17. Continuity is introduced by number 18. The effect of the postulate 19, namely if A, B, C, D are four non-complainer points, and E a point in none of the planes, A, B, C, A, B, D, A, C, D, B, E, D, then there exists a point common to the line AE and the plane BED is to restrict the geometry to a space of three dimensions. This restriction is essential to the duality of ordinary projective geometry, in virtue of which the notions of point and plane may be interchanged. If we wish to pass to projective geometry of hyperspace, postulate 19 must be omitted and other suitable postulates added. One such, for example, would be if A, B, C, and D be four points not belonging to a same plane, there exists at least one point not in the hyperplane A, B, C, D, whereby hyperplane is meant the class of points on the lines determined by the points of a plane and a point not on the plane. If, now, a definition of projective geometry of three dimensions be required, the answer is, it is the theory consisting of the foregoing nineteen postulates, or an equivalent to that, together with the propositions logically deducible from them. And, similarly, projective space, of three dimensions, is any class of things, for convenience called points, that are related as prescribed by the foregoing or an equivalent set of postulates. The one undefined notion in projective geometry, as above founded, is that of a straight line. In order that the doctrine shall be quite expressible in terms of logical constants, it is necessary and sufficient that the straight line be defined in such terms explicitly. Such a definition is, a projective straight line, AB, is a relation R between the points A and B, R being symmetric, aliorelative, not subsisting between a point and that point, and transitive, insofar as transitivity is not restricted by aliorelativity. Descriptive geometry. The doctrine of which some account is to be rendered here is not the descriptive geometry commonly so called, created by Gaspard Mage in an elementary form presented to technological students as the semi-practical art of graphically representing space configurations by means of their projections on a plane. This last is about identical with projective geometry, or the geometry of position, as popularly understood. The descriptive geometry to be dealt with here is a new theory having been created by Pasch, Volenzugen über Neyere Geometrie, 1882, and formulated in the symbols of modern logic by Piano, I Principi de Geometria Logicamente Exposti, 1889, and Sui Fundamenti de Geometria in Revista de Mathematica, Volume 4, 1894. How it differs from projective geometry in procedure and fundamentals will appear in the light of the following postulates, as given by Piano, and commentaries upon them. 
For further analyses of the postulates, the reader may consult the above-cited works of Russell and Coutura. The piano postulates, undemonstrated propositions, of descriptive geometry are as follows. The meaning of some of them will be clear only by the aid of definitions to follow. 1. There is at least one point. 2. Given a point A, there is a point X distinct from A. 3. Between two coincident or identical points, there is no point. 4. Between two distinct points, there is a point. 5. The segment AB is contained in the segment BA. 6. The point A is not between A and B. 7. If A and B are two distinct points, there are points that belong to A'B. 8. If C is a point of the segment AB, and if D is a point of the segment AC, D is also a point of the segment AB. 9. If C and D belong to a segment AB, they coincide, or D is between A and C, or is between C and B. 10. If C and D belong to the ray A'B, they coincide, or D is between B and C, or C is between B and D. 11. If B is between A and C, and C between B and D, C is between A and D. 12. If R is a straight line, there exists at least one point outside of R. 13. If A, B, C are non-collinear points, and if D is between B and C, and E between A and D, then there is a point common to AC and the prolongation of BE. 14. If A, B, C are three non-collinear points, and if D is between B and C, and F between A and C, the segments AD and BF have a common point. 15. Given any plane, there exists at least one point outside the plane. 17. If P is a plane, A a point outside the plane, and B a point on the prolongation of one of the segments joining A to points of P, then, if X is any point, it belongs to P, or else P and the segment AX, or else the segment BX, have a common point. 18. Let K be a class of points in the segment AB. There exists a point X of the segment AB, or coinciding with B, such that no point of K is between X and B, and that, Y being any point taken between A and X, there exist points of K between Y and B. Such are the basal assumptions of descriptive geometry. A few explanatory words will make their meaning clear and will serve to show the concept of descriptive space and the corresponding geometry in the process of gradually coming into being. By segment AB is meant the class of points between the points A and B. In this geometry, the notion of segment is central like that of a straight line in projective geometry. By 3, the segment AA or XX is a null segment, one void of points, an empty class. By 4, a segment AB is null if its extremities A and B are identical, coincident. 5 shows that segments AB and BA are one and the same. To be between A and B is the same as to be between B and A. A segment is without direction or sense. By 6, the extremities of a segment are not points of it. By the symbol A'B, in number 7, called the prolongation of AB beyond B, is meant the class of points X such that B is between A and X. 7 postulates the existence of such prolongation. The existence of AB' is a consequence, as is also the fact that A'B equals BA', and that AB' equals B'A. Such prolongations, which are not segments, are called rays. Number 8 enables us to prove that segment AB contains the segments AC, BC, and CD, that the ray A'C contains the ray A'B, that the logical product of the propositions B is between A and C, C is between A and B, is false, and that, consequently, the segments AB and the rays A'B and AB' have no common point. By help of 9, it is demonstrable that the segment AB is the logical sum of the segments AC and CB and the point C, that, if C is between A and B and D is between C and B, then C is between A and D, that, if C is between A and B, D between A and C, and E between C and B, then C is between D and E, that, under the same hypothesis, the segments AC and CB have no common point, and that, if C and D belong to the segment AB, the segment CD is contained in the segment AB. Such are the properties of segments.
those of rays are found by means of 10 and 11 to be that under the hypothesis of 10 the ray a prime b is the logical sum of the segment bc the point c and the ray a prime c under the same hypothesis the segment cd is contained in the ray a prime b and by 11 if b belongs to the segment ac or to the ray ac prime the rays a prime c and b prime c coincide the straight line ab a term occurring in 12 is defined to be the logical sum of the points a and b the segment ab and the rays a prime b and b prime a the first eleven postulates suffice to show that the straight lines AB and BA are identical, that if C is different from A and belongs to the straight line AB, the straight lines AB and AC are identical, and that if C and D are distinct points of the straight line AB, the straight lines AB and CD are one and the same, or what is equivalent that a straight line is determined by any two distinct points of it. Postulates 12 and 13 provide for the concept of plane, as will presently be seen. If H and K be two classes of points, the symbol HK will denote the class of all the points on the segments joining the points of H to those of K. H prime K the class of points on the prolongations of the segments each beyond its K point, whence the meaning of HK prime is also clear, and that, too, of such symbols as A the quantity BC, A prime the quantity BC, etc. From 13 follows that A the quantity BC equals B the quantity AC. This figure or class of points is named a triangle and denoted by triangle ABC. The plane ABC is defined to be a class composed of the noncollinear points A, B, and C, the segments AB, BC, CA, the prolongations of AB prime, BA prime, BC prime, CB prime, CA prime, AC prime, the triangle ABC, and the figures A prime the quantity BC, B prime the quantity CA, C prime the quantity AB, C the quantity A prime B prime, A the quantity B prime C prime, B the quantity C prime A prime. Postulate 14 is essential to prove that a plane is uniquely determined by any three noncollinear points of it. And numbers 15 and 17 are respectively necessary that space shall have three dimensions and that it shall be continuous. Obvious among the notable differences of projective geometry and descriptive geometry are the following. In the former, the straight line is a closed series of points, like the circumference of a circle. In the latter, the straight line is an open series of points. Two projective straight lines of a projective plane, or a projective line and plane, always have a point in common, but a descriptive plane contains many pairs of non-intersecting straight lines, and a descriptive line and a descriptive plane may or may not have a common point. One point of a descriptive line divides it into two parts, and a pair of points divide it into three parts, one of which is a segment determined by the two points. It requires three points to determine a segment of a projective straight line. Two points separate the line into two portions, and one does not divide it into parts. Two projective planes have a line in common, but two descriptive planes may or may not have a common line, though they have a common line or no common point. It is an interesting and instructive fact that upon the foregoing descriptive postulates it is possible by suitable choice of elements to build up a projective space and geometry. This may be done as follows, and the process further reveals the differences and relationships of the two varieties of space. Let A and B be any two given lines of a descriptive plane pi, and let P be any given point of a descriptive space. The two planes determined by P and A and P and B have a common line L. The class of lines L, thus determined by allowing P to take all positions in descriptive space, is named sheaf of lines. These will have a common point, called the vertex of the sheaf, or not, according as A and B have a common point or not. Again, if S sub 1 and S sub 2 be two sheaves and P a point, not on the common line of the sheaves if they have one, P, S sub 1, and S sub 2 determine a plane pi, namely that containing those lines of S sub 1 and S sub 2 that contain P. The class of planes pi, thus obtainable by varying P, is named pencil of planes. The planes of the pencil will have a common line, called the axis of the pencil, or not, according as S sub 1 and S sub 2 have a common line or not. Finally, let S sub 1, S sub 2, and S sub 3 be any three sheaves whose lines are not all in the planes of the same pencil, and let S sub 4 be a sheaf such that there is a sheaf S whose lines are common to the pencils S sub 1, S sub 3, and S sub 2, S sub 4. The class of sheaves S sub 4 that fulfill the condition will be named hyperpencil of sheaves. 
If now we denote the new entities, sheaves, pencils, and hyperpencils, respectively by the names points, lines, and planes, it can be shown that these points, lines, and planes constitute a projective space, although as seen, the new elements are defined in terms of descriptive space. Metric Geometry in recent years, various investigators, American and European, have proposed various logically equivalent systems of postulates for this the most ancient form of geometry. Of such systems, that found in Hilbert's Grundlagen der Geometrie, also in English and French, is the most famous. We prefer, however, to present here that of Pieri as being more interesting and not less profound. In this system, there are two undefined terms, namely point and movement. It will be seen that point is merely a name for the element of any system of elements, if such there be, that satisfy the postulates. And movement does not mean ordinary motion, but only a transformation or change of attention from one thing to another. Even so, the process is disregarded, only the initial and the final stages and not any passage are regarded. The postulates are as follows. Subsequent explanations will make them clear. 1. Point and movement are genuine concepts or classes. 2. There exists at least one point. 3. If P is a point, there exists a point different from P. 4. Every movement is a biuniform correlation between two figures. 5. Whatever be the movement mu, which makes the point y, for example, correspond to the point x, there is a movement u that makes x correspond to y. 6. Two movements, mu and gamma, affected successively the one on the result of the other are equivalent to a single movement. 7. For each pair of distinct points, there is an effective movement that leaves them fixed. 8. If a, b, and c are three distinct points, and if there exists an effective movement that leaves them fixed, every other movement that leaves a and b fixed leaves c fixed. 9. If A, B, and C are three collinear points, and if D is a point of the line BC other than B, the plane ABZ is contained in the plane ABC. 10. If A and B are distinct points, there exists a movement that leaves A fixed and transforms B into another point of the straight line AB. 11. If A and B are distinct points, and if two movements that leave A fixed transform B into another point of the straight line AB, this point is the same in both movements. 12. If A and B are distinct points, there is a movement that transforms A into B and that leaves one point of the straight line AB fixed. 13. If A, B, and C are three non-collinear points, there is a movement that leaves A and B fixed and transforms C into another point of the plane ABC. 14. If A, B, and C are three non-collinear points, and if D and E are points of the plane ABC common to the spheres C sub A and C sub B, and different from C, then D and E coincide. 15. If A, B, and C are distinct noncollinear points, there exists at least one point outside the plane ABC. 16. If A, B, C, and D are four noncomplanar points, there exists a movement that leaves A and B fixed and transforms D into a point of the plane ABC. 17. If A, B, C, and D are four distinct collinear points, the point D cannot be only upon one of the segments AB, AC, BC. 18. If A, B, and C are three collinear points, and if C is between A and B, no point can be at once between A and C and between B and C. 19. If A, B, and C are three noncollinear points, every straight line of the plane ABC that has a point in the segment AB has a point in the segment AC or in the segment BC, or it contains one of the points A, B, C. 20. If K is a class of points in the segment AB, there exists in the segment or coincides with B a point X such that no point of K is between X and B, and that for every point Y between A and X, there is a point K between Y and X or coincident with X. Two figures, classes of points, coincide when and only when they are composed of the same points. Four means that a movement is a one-to-one -one relation between two figures. The movements mu and u, v, are each the other's converse. They are mutually converse by uniform relations. By 6, the relative product of the movements mu and blank is a movement. The relative product of mu u leaves every point fixed, or, as we say, transforms all points each into itself. In contradistinction from such movements, others are described as effective. 
7 provides for a rotation of a figure about two of its points. The straight line AB is defined to be the class of all points that remain fixed in case of every movement leaving A and B fixed. It is a matter of proof that a straight line is determined by any two distinct points of it. 8 is not valid in space or four or more dimensions, and hence no special postulate restricting our geometry to three dimensions is necessary. It is readily proved that any movement whatever transforms any and every triplet of collinear points into such a triplet. In other words, a movement is a collineation. By plane ABC is meant the figure composed of the points of the lines joining A to points of BC, or B to points of AC, or C to points of AB, it being assumed that A, B, and C are non-collinear points. It is a theorem that every movement converts a plane into a plane. Postulate 9 is necessary to prove that a plane is determined by any three non-collinear points of it. By the sphere B sub A is met the class of points such that for each of them there is a movement transforming it into B while leaving A fixed. The point A is the center of the sphere. It is demonstrable that every movement transforms spheres into spheres, that any movement that leaves the center of a sphere fixed transforms the sphere into itself, and that, if two spheres have but one common point, that point is collinear with the centers of the spheres. 10, 11, and 12 provide for transforming a line into itself, and 13 and 14 make the like provision for the plane. A circle is the logical product of a sphere and a plane containing its center. The center of the circle is that of the sphere. The notion of perpendicularity is introduced by the definition, the pair AC of points is said to be perpendicular to the pair AB when and only when there is a movement that leaves A and B fixed and transforms C into another point of the straight line AC. The notion is readily extensible to straight lines. 15 provides for a plurality of planes, and 16 for the transformation of one plane upon another. The notion of equidistance is introduced by the definition, a point A is equidistant from two points B and C when and only when it is in the center of a sphere containing B and C. It is demonstrable that, in a plane containing the distinct points A and B, the class of points equidistant from A and B is the straight line perpendicular to the straight line AB and containing the midpoint of the segment AB, that a straight line perpendicular to two straight lines AB and AC is perpendicular to every straight line that contains A and is contained in the plane ABC, and other theorems respecting perpendicularity are readily proved. A point is interior to a sphere if it is the midpoint of two distinct points of the sphere. If not, it is exterior or else a point of the sphere. A point of a plane containing a circle is interior or exterior to the circle, according as it is interior or exterior to the sphere having the same center as the circle and containing the circle. A sphere having for center the midpoint of two points A and B and containing them is called the polar sphere of the points A and B. The notion between is introduced by the definition, a point X is between points A and B if it is contained in the straight line AB and is interior to the polar sphere of A and B. The class of points between two points A and B is named segment AB. The segment AB is less than the segment CD when and only when there exists a movement that transforms A into C and B into a point between C and D. Two segments, or other figures, are congruent if there exists a movement transforming one of them into the other. It is demonstrable that if two segments are not congruent, one of them is less than the other. The notion angle is defined, and to it are extended the ideas of less than and congruence. If A, B, and C are non-collinear points, the triangle ABC is the figure composed of the points of the segments, each joining A and a point of the segment BC. The three theorems regarding congruence are proved, and so on and so on. By 20, which provides for continuity, is deduced the Archimedean axiom as a theorem. Thence follows the idea of measurability of segments. General Remarks No geometry involves ideas not found in logic or definable in terms of logical constants, and no geometry contains other undemonstrated propositions than in the primitive propositions of logic. The name point is merely that of a class of things, if there be such things, that satisfy a certain set of postulates, but geometry does not assert the actual existence of any such classes, and does not assert the truth of the postulates. What it does assert is that, if such a class exists, then such and such a body of theorems are valid regarding the class. Geometry is thus a body of implications. It says merely, if so-and-so, then so-and-so. This important fact is somewhat disguised by the categorical form in which postulates are often stated. Bibliography
Instead of giving a list of the works constituting the vast and rapidly growing modern literature dealing with the foundations of mathematics in general, with the foundations of special branches, and with modern logic, it will be sufficient to refer the reader to Russell's Principles of Mathematics, Volume 1, Cambridge University Press, and to Couturat's Le Principe des Mathématiques, Paris, Félix Alcan, and Traité de Logistique, Alcan, wherein nearly all the important works are cited in connections showing the bearings of them. Most of the works are too technical for the general reader, who will naturally begin with the mentioned treatises of Russell and Couturat, extending his reading gradually according to increasing ability and interest. Cassius J. Kaiser, a Drain Professor of Mathematics, Columbia University. End of section 18.